All right, welcome to the Sooner Zone podcast. I don't know if this is one or two days after I posted it on Instagram. We're a couple days late, working through the technical aspects, be audio only for the first couple, and then might figure out how to get some video going on a YouTube channel. But I am Jefferson Simmons with the Sooner Zone on Instagram and Twitter, here with my friend Cole Thompson with Sooner's Insider on Twitter. Cole, what's up? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Really. It's been a wild week for Sooner football. Dude, it's been crazy. It's been kind of an emotional roller coaster. Obviously, we were down in the dumps there for a few days, but I feel amazing about things right now. Me too. Me too. It it was like however many stages of grief there are. Post Lincoln Riley, that week was all of them. And uh, now I'm very, very excited with the State of the Union right now. I was on Twitter Spaces the other night listening to guys talk, and some people are like, man, if you would have told me a week before all that went down that I would be happier that Lincoln Riley left and we have a new coach, I think you're crazy. But I think some people are, and I I don't know if they're wrong. I I think there's a lot to be excited about with the change of the regime headed to the SEC, some new ideology that could be good. Yeah, you know, I think that they really couldn't have done a better job. They uh, they found a guy that's got a proven track record, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how we do. There's a lot to unpack. Let's, let's start there. Let's start there at the coaching change. I mean, hearing Riley leaving and in the manner he did, the day he gets to Southern California, he's in our recruits' homes. They're, you know, and granted, they're his recruits. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it just felt like things were unraveling quickly. And a situation like that is how you become. Florida State post-national championship run, you know, Texas and what they've done the past decade, <laughs> uh, Nebraska, Nothing. you know, it's that's not what we wanted to see, and it was going to be crucial who they went and got. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, Venables was kind of the only guy. He was the only guy you could get, in my opinion, because you had to have someone who loved OU and was going to, you know, take it personal, put everything on their back to to make sure they didn't miss a step. And I think he's the right guy. But Oh, it was perfect. Well, you know, they had Stoops step in for a little bit, kind of helped keep things level. And then, yeah, Venables, like you said, with his history at OU, obviously already had some commitment to the program. Uh, just his level of expertise on and his tracker, he's just so proven to be a winner. He wants to be out there. He wants to be successful obviously wanted to be a head coach at a really good program and it just made a lot of sense and I think they did a very good job in the hiring there I'm I'm so excited and you know just kind of forward thinking a recruiting tool that a lot of you know coaches that have been in their roles for a decent time you know the Sabins the Sweeney now Brent Venables is going to be able to use it Lincoln Riley isn't going to be able to use it is <laughs> loyalty and, you know, staying, staying with the program. And, you know, if you're someone that's being recruited by Lincoln Riley, 
who's to say after you've you know played two years and you're going into your junior year, he doesn't get an opportunity with the NFL and he's gone. And what I like about Venables is you know he was at OU for a long time and then he's at Clemson for a decade and. I don't know if he's on an eight-year contract here, but I expect, as long as things go well, for him to be here for quite some time. Yeah, no, I, I love the the defensive mind coming in, uh, going into the SEC. Obviously, defense has been a a topic of discussion for the Sooners for a while now. Offense having no issues, seemingly, uh, and now having a just a new. Just I don't know. It just seems like a new energy amongst the team. Exciting about you know some of these recruits that are coming back now. Um, I think that no doubt what he's going to bring to the table is going to be astronomical for what the Sooners are about to do. Speaking of defense, how about Kobe McKenzie flipping back to the Sooners? Such exciting news! Uh, that was so awesome, and even even more incredible that it was with our arch rivals and future SEC brethren, <laughs> the Texas Shorthorns. <laughs> um, I mean, awesome. Even his Instagram post, what was it? You know, I'm like saying sorry, but I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I love it. Me too. I cannot wait to see him absolutely kill Quinn Ewers in two years. Well, I think be awesome. the strength of the rivalry definitely got a little stronger now. That is, uh, <laughs> that is awesome. I love the way he went about that. Oh man, and it's it's just so iconic for our rivalry. And you think about how many great OU players that have come from the state of Texas. I Adrian can't. Peterson, most most notably, most recently, the greatest high school quarterback to ever play the game in the state of Texas. Kyler Murray's on tonight. Didn't even glance at the Longhorns in his recruitment. <laughs> A&M first, then to the Sooners. But Bake. Now, Bake him from up there. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's, there, there's countless. But you see that picture I posted of Kobe standing next to Kenneth Murray? Dude, he I looks mean, huge. He looked... Like the same and size that was, as Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray's in the NFL. He's coming out of high school. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh man, it's just like, you know, if Kyler or Baker would have had a defense, both those guys would have national championship trophies without a doubt. 100%. And, I mean, Kenneth Murray's doing well in his role, but uh, he was kind of one of those guys that was so good, he couldn't fail. And you just wonder with a coach like Venables, what he could have done. And we might get to see that with old Kobe. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, he's and... he's definitely got the right build. I, I, I'll be excited to see if he's as fast. Yeah. But... Yeah, it looks like the as far as incoming recruits for the defense, it looks like we've got a lot of excitement coming in there. Uh, even with Kobe's announcement, he then later tweeted, uh, I'm not coming alone or something. Yeah. To that effect. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited if, to see what if happens. Anyone, yeah, if anyone has any good info on who that might be, feel free to drop a DM to Cole or I because I have no idea. And that that is exciting. So that's what you want in those recruiting classes are guys who can put themselves in a leadership role and, you know, also help recruit because that's, you know, that's a big part of it. 
you know, you want to play where your brothers are at. So, yeah, well, I love but, uh, trying to speculate. Hopefully, it's we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, it would be really cool if it was maybe someone like him that decommitted, maybe going to come back and recommit. Uh, I that just would think be awesome. If we could get a lot of those big guys coming back and inventable system, I just really think that this yeah. is going to be just let it loose, let it go. That was a huge blow losing him. And I don't know if there's a chance, but uh, that would be incredible if he could come back. I think he was OU's first five-star D-line commit. Actually, I don't know. Maybe Jalen Redmond was one. I'm not sure. But in like 10 years. And so, man, I hope it's him. I, I saw in 24-7 they have him 100% crystal ball to OU still, even though he's hard to commit to A&M. So, wow. I don't know. That's when I'll be watching closely on Wednesday. We'll be hoping. We'll be hoping for that. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, no, it was a good weekend recruiting. Getting Nick Evers on campus and uh, who's his buddy down there, the wide receiver? Is it Gibson? Uh, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's right, Jaden Gibson. Yeah, four-star wide receiver out of Florida. He he decommitted from Florida on the same day, and you were just kind of waiting to see. You know, we had had a couple guys, like, reaffirm their commitments after Riley left, you know, with their positional coaches. Shout-out DeMarco Murray, who's awesome, you know, in that interim period. But uh, it just kind of felt like, all right, who's going to be the first guy for Venables? And... Yeah. To have a four-star quarterback show up and you know make that pledge, yeah, be a good foundation. You know, with Venables coming in, I really thought that we'd see a lot on defense. But you know, with Evers being the first one in, I think that you know, Jeff Levy—we haven't mentioned him at all yet—that was huge. Yeah. I think that what he's done at Ole Miss. I mean, he was—he also had ties to the University of Oklahoma as well, coaching there. Uh, as a student assistant from 2002 to 2006. And then in this last year, you know, at Ole Miss, they were ranked fourth nationally in yards per game. They were ranked 18th in scoring. They bring in somebody like him. Seems to just be like a good fit as well. And then obviously getting a quarterback commit as our first one since Venables, I was like, that's awesome. And then I texted you right away. I was like, I hope this causes like a snowball effect and we get a lot more people and it seems things seem to be rolling right yeah. now. I'm excited. Yeah, and and as importantly as you know, landing these new recruits is recruiting the guys on the roster because that that roster is loaded right now. And Grant, we've lost a few guys, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of impact players there that I hope are excited about playing for Levy. I yeah. saw a graphic that said maybe post Kyler's departure. I think Lebby's had a more productive offense than Riley mm-hmm. um, for the past couple of years, which is exciting. And yeah. so, I, I think know. that this would be a good segue then uh, with the hiring of offensive coordinator uh, Jeff Lebby. Do you think that we had somebody write in and ask if we could give our projections on what we think the pros and cons for uh, – gosh, I'm blanking right now. Sorry. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. See, with Caleb, what do we think? Is do you think Levy is what it takes to keep him around here? Um, you know, 
one thing I've been watching this week is where Joe Brady lands is because, you know, when Caleb was getting recruited, you know, we, we had initially taken Brock, Grand, Brock Vandegrift, who's at Georgia. And so, you know, Caleb has the famous line says, didn't matter if he had to walk on or whatever, he was coming to Oklahoma. But <laughs> I mean, he was, he was still looking elsewhere and LSU was kind of getting down to be the last, the other opportunity. And I know he had a good relationship with Brady. And so I, I sure didn't want to see him return to college ball somewhere and Caleb maybe look to reunite with him. I initially was kind of nervous about USC. Um, but what I've heard was the Williams family was in the Oklahoma City area looking for a house to purchase um, to kind of put down some deeper roots when the Riley news broke. Yeah. And the rug was just pulled out from underneath them, and that sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, when you are have uprooted your family and are moving halfway across the country, and you know, if they really did find out like everyone else did, that that is not a not a good move. And so, I I don't think we'll see him following them out there. Um, I don't know. You got to look when you're trying to put together tape and get developed by someone that's going to get you NFL ready, you know, when you're looking around, a lot of the Blue Blood programs are not going to be options. I mean, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are both freshmen and redshirt freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are two hot spots for quarterbacks. Um, you know, I don't know who a lot of the other hot offensive coordinator names are, but when you start to go through them, where else would you really want to go than Oklahoma that has the same level of skill players around you? And then also, you know, if Caleb waits till after the bowl game to make his decision, which I think is admirable, how many of those spots are getting filled by the incredible amount of names that are already in the portal? Yeah, there's a ton of people in the portal. Yeah, I thought about the only person, or the only team, I guess, that I thought maybe he would go to at this point would have been uh, USC, um, just because I saw that their quarterback chose to enter the transfer portal today and then Spencer Rattler choosing to go to uh, South Carolina a little bit ago. I was like, you know, maybe that is his opening there. But even then, I don't I don't think that it just seems so that relationship cannot be going well. I mean, it has to be a little yeah. bit time. I know that Caleb sure. wished him well, and that was a very – admirable thing to do as well but i just i really can't imagine that that's a a thing that he would want to do at this point yeah well uh, i was listening to brandon drum and parker thune on 24 7 yesterday Uh, they did their youtube live and i think parker said it makes you know perfect sense from the fans eyes why caleb should stay and uh to look at it from caleb's perspective it's like yeah you know, you got to get into a position that's going to get you developed well enough to be an NFL quarterback because, I mean, there's no reason in two years he isn't, you know, top three quarterback off the board. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, Riley could get him ready. I I don't know if he wants to go that route or not. But, um, no, yeah, you mentioned Spencer Rattler leaving. I was, you know, putting together a few notes, getting ready for our podcast, and I was like, you know, if Caleb leaves, there is one quarterback in the transfer portal that no one's talking about that would be a great fit. And I was like, maybe Spencer comes back. But obviously that's not going to happen. And 
uh, Austin Stogner goes with him mm-hmm. out to the real USC. The real USC. And join Shane Beamer. <laughs> <laughs> Our second favorite team so, now. But. but I think that speaks a lot to also coach's character and um, just the value of having you know, a guy on the coaching staff that you have a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. And it, when you saw Venables leave and the Clemson players tweeting at him, it's clear that he commands that respect from his players. But, you know, the the rumor was that after Shane Beamer left to go take that role, I think Austin Stogner wanted to follow him last year. And Beamer's like, hey, I'm not going to go poach a bunch of guys off of use roster because, you know, who who knows, maybe it would have caused an, caused an exodus of yeah. The other players that loved him. Yeah. And so now they get a reunite one year later, and, you know, you got the two extremes, East Coast or West Coast, two different USCs with two coaches that left in polar opposite ways. <laughs> who are you going to choose to go play for? And it's interesting that, that they're headed East. So. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of players at uh, USC in California uh, that have decommitted or not decommitted, but entered the transfer portal today. I saw a lot of their offensive yep. players are leaving. Um, you know, I don't know if that's just because they don't like what Lincoln Riley did, if they were just unhappy with the way things were going out there. But I guess like, it's probably not a good thing. I can't imagine that yep. going well, at least for the short term now in uh, USC. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting back to Oklahoma – Post Riley leaving, you know, it was scary seeing all those guys getting into the portal right away. But man, wish nothing but the best for Spencer Rattler, big stog, and then uh, Jaden Hazelwood ended up at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are some SEC teams I'm going to be pulling for next year with those guys. So they all, you know, came. They contributed big time to OU, and don't like to see anybody tweet anything negative with those guys because this is obviously not the situation they signed up for yeah and you know you got to do what's best for you so right and as far as i've been on twitter i think that uh, the fan base has done a really good job of just supporting those the schools as of now anyway so that's been yep. good well for the guys that are still in the portal kind of most notably theo weiss you know didn't have any production this year with his injury, but before that was, you know, he was, he was a playmaker. Um, I mean, even from his freshman year. And so, you know, maybe he comes back. That would be awesome. And if he does, you look at a few of the pieces that Caleb Williams would have around him. I mean, Mario Williams was productive as a freshman this year. He Mm -hmm. was, he was fun to watch. And so you can get him kind of assuming that slot, Hollywood Brown role. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's fast. He's got burners. And then you get Theo Weiss being the big framey guy, you know, maybe a little CD lamb esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the comparison. Who I like knows? it. Maybe uh, be fun if one of the H backs came back. I think Jeremiah Hall is, is gone, but uh, maybe Braden Willis. Maybe. Yeah. Braden, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I look at what, uh, Levy did there at Ole Miss, the way he involved everyone. Everyone was contributing I mean, a lot of yards from so many different players. And that was really, they were one of the only schools in the nation to have that many players go for 
like over a hundred yards in a game. Ten players go over a hundred yards in a game. That's that's incredible. And I think that yep. you know you see stuff like that, and it's if you're at Oklahoma right now, I think Levy's going to find a way to get you involved. Well, that's that's one area that the Sooners' offense has been unique, and I hope it stays that way. It is so fun to see those fullback, H-back, tight ends, you know, they're blocking, blocking, and then they just hit that seam route, and it's like no one saw them. And those have been some big plays through the years, and those are so, so fun to watch. But yeah, I don't know. Then you got, then you got to, you know, we had such a deep running back room coming into this season, and then, like, one of the craziest situations of losing running backs left and right, you know, got us very, very thin down to two scholarship backs at the beginning of the season. Right. But, you know, there's a possibility that all those guys are back and Marcus Major looked Marcus Major. awesome in the, in the bowl game last year against Florida. And, you know, we only got to see him play a handful of plays this year. Thanks, Lincoln Riley. But... <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I'm excited for for things from that room as well. Yeah, we. But uh, you know, Levy's last office had offense had a very powerful running back, and I think Marcus Major will fit what he's trying to do very well. And I expect a breakout year for him this year. Well, on that note, I'm sure that uh, Lincoln Riley is using that to his advantage out there at USC right now. You know, we have. Gavin Sawchuk committed, who is, I believe, the number five running back in the 2022 class. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't wavered at all, has a great relationship with DeMarco. Um, Javante Barnes is the other one. He is the number 10 running back. You know, 100% crystal ball to OU still, but I know he did have a visit with USC this weekend. And if you're Lincoln Riley, you're saying, hey, look, they got Kennedy Brooks, who could come back, potentially yeah. be become OU's all-time leading rusher if he puts up another 1,000-yard season. Um, Eric Gray, man, I wish we would have seen more out of him. Just looked so twitchy, so electric. Mm-hmm. They just never put the ball in his hands this year. Yeah. And then Marcus Major looks like looks like the power back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you get those guys going. You get Sawchuck in, you know, you're potentially coming in, you know, fourth or fifth on the on the depth chart, and that's not what anybody wants to be sold in this day and age. You want to come in and, you know, be producing right off the bat. So Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the transfer portal now being so hot. Yeah. People want to come I in. I can definitely play. see USC being a threat being a threat there. But. Yeah. Yeah, I expect he'll do everything he can now. He's already created a bad relationship. I can't imagine him being worried about uh, salvaging anything at this point. So, yeah. I expect him to stay well, aggressive. Speaking of decommits and flips, Clemson's had a few. Right, they have. That's That's been interesting to watch, you know, and then also with Brent – not wanting to utilize the transfer portal and then, you know, telling Dabo that, hey, I'm not going to go after guys that we recruited together. You know, it's an admirable characteristic, but now, you know, if, if there's a guy that's decommitted from Clemson and he's going to go play somewhere else, why not OU, you know? Yeah. And for me, I guess when he tells Dabo that, it's probably 
I would assume that means he's not going to try to make them decommit now and flip, flip still. Yeah. It's the, the people that have already decommitted. I think all of them were from the same, like IMG Academy down in, in Florida. And they, uh, yeah. so they must have had a good pipeline going there. Um, and all of them were de- like three defensive players, a uh, defensive back, a corner, I guess, a safety, and then an edge rusher all decommitted from the same high school as soon as the news yep. broke that um, that Venables was leaving. So I thought that that was pretty interesting, yep. something to definitely keep an eye on. Well, and that's something that the fans don't understand, you know, and when they get so frustrated with players decommitting from their school, it's like, just because I grew up loving OU my entire life, you know, Caleb Williams didn't grow up loving OU. <laughs> you know, you, he didn't want to go to play, be the OU quarterback since he was three. Not all of them are Sam Ellinger and Baker Mayfield that ended up playing at their dream school. Right. You know, they go to play for these coaches, and and when the coaches leave, that changes things. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, now one one defensive player that hasn't decommitted, but I you know I've been refreshing my my twenty four seven to see if any crystal balls are happening is Kanak out of Hayes, Kansas. Right. Yeah. So uh, you been, and I were texting about him <laughs> a little bit. He looks like a stud. I've been like kind of creepily stalking Jaron Kanak just to see if he's going to make any moves here coming up. I actually even went as deep into getting into some of his following on, on Instagram. And I noticed that he was starting to follow uh, Nick Ewers Evers. Uh, and then he followed uh, Caleb Kelly. Yep. yep. Coach and, Kelly, please. <laughs> and uh, he followed your Sooner Zone account, I saw too. So mm-hmm. now I'm getting a little excited. Yeah, you told me that. I, uh, I was like, hey, he's starting to follow some of these guys. Maybe we're seeing something here. Hey, that would be awesome. Well, Jaron, if you end up coming to Oklahoma, feel free to drop that in our DMs beforehand. We would love to break that news for you. <laughs> Sorry for but stopping. No, you, it's, before uh, any of that even came out, you'd sent me that uh, highlight, that clip of him, like, what, a month ago, that just <laughs> trucking, like, the entire team. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy's a freak. And then how awesome that a month later, oh, you might be in the running for him. So, yeah. I don't know. Being in uh, Wildcat country, I've had some K-State guys text me, oh, he's coming to K-State. We'll see. Yeah, I actually, I I think he's going to go to OU. Um, I don't think he's going to stay in Clemson, just from a lot of things I've seen and heard from people close to him. Um, But, you know, it's a, uh, it could have, things could change pretty quick, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So maybe waiting to find out what yeah. they're going to do with their defensive coordinator there at Clemson to, before he makes a decision. Uh, but I really, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think he's coming to you. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, that's a, that's a good way to play it. There's, you know, we've seen so many of these recruits making knee jerk reactions and I'm sure the, the pressure of having 15 coaches texting you <laughs> when your recruitment might potentially be opening back up is is heavy and you just want to be done with it. But uh, if you just kind of pause and take a deep breath and see how the situation unfolds. I think that's a good way, good way to go with it. But 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, then uh, R.J. Mickens, the cornerback from Clemson, he's got some close ties with some OU players. Uh, he was a ACC freshman defensive player of the year. Uh, is that who Latrell like, McCutcheon was tweeting at? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, that would be, be cool. I would be excited about it. Um, there, I see. I think there's maybe even a few other players at Clemson that are going to be in the same boat as Kanek. They're going to want to see what's going on first, and then I wouldn't be surprised if even more people decommit or transfer from there over time. Man, that, that would be awesome. It would it'd just be so fun to see OU shut a couple people out on their – on their schedule next year. Yeah. Well, then, uh, I guess staying on the defensive focus real quick, uh, there's some people that wanted to hear about Ted Roof and our thoughts on him. Um, yeah. He's done a little looking. I think that overall, it was probably, it probably made the most sense. You know, he, he had a lot of close ties with um, Brent Venables and knows essentially the ins and outs of what Brent wants. Uh, it seems like in 2011, he helped the Auburn Tigers win their BCS National Championship. I liked that. Uh, his head coaching career didn't seem to go very well. <laughs> no, it didn't look very good. You sent me that record. I was like, ouch. But... <laughs> He's 6-45 and 45 as a head coach at Duke. <laughs> but that was a long time ago, first of all. And uh, a tough school to, at the time to coach football. I mean, it was very much a basketball program at that point. And then you put someone in a hard spot. Sometimes it's hard to get things going very quickly. So, yep. Well, I don't know. I was looking, you know, similar to there was one day in that week, you know, we were on the coaching search for head coaching. Um, Someone was throwing around Matt rules name and I didn't love that for multiple reasons, but mostly because it's like he's in the last 20 years, he's never stayed at one spot more than two years. And I was like, Oh, we can't have that. And that's, it looks kind of like the same thing uh, with this roof guy. But I think that was maybe a, you know, when, when Lincoln showed up, he started hiring people that he had connections to and was comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like that type of hire for, for Venables, but I'm not concerned at all. It's like at the end of the day, when we turn on the TV or show up at Gaylord Memorial Stadium, it's going to be Brent Venable's defense out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, that's that's why I'm not nervous. I, it was so much more important to get the offensive coordinator role right, mm-hmm. um, and I think they hit a home run on that. You know, there was some there was some smoke around Dan Landing for the head coaching position, and then when that didn't happen some people were hoping that he would be the defensive coordinator at OU and I just I was like okay let's temper our expectations a little <laughs> bit here I mean he's one of the hottest coordinators right now in the country mm-hmm. going to be playing for the playoff you know potentially a national championship and with all this coaching carousel that's going on that dude is not making a lateral move to be another coordinator and it didn't surprise me at all uh, he got the Oregon job, right? Um, you know he's gonna. He would have if he would have taken the DC role here. He would be making two two and a half million, maybe as a really well paid coordinator, and mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna be making five to seven at Oregon, and yeah. having Phil Knight and Nike money to do NIL with, and cool yeah. uniforms, and 
no, that's that's fun. I hope that he has success out there and beats up on Tebow left right. and right. So <laughs> yeah, and I don't think most of these coaches it's probably not their dream to go be an offensive coordinator. It'd be cool. It's a nice stepping stone for them. I think that most of their dreams are to be a head coach anyway. So uh, yeah, be tough to convince him to come play, come be a coordinator here as well. So yeah, speaking of Oregon uh, though, yeah. we got the bowl game coming up against them. Yep, uh, I'm going down there, and I'm very excited. Yeah. So I uh, I was telling my dad, I asked my parents, I was like, please, I would love bowl game tickets for Christmas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ended up working out that had a connection to the Alamo Bowl anyways and got invited, which was, you know, I'm so thankful. That's, that's awesome. But yeah. it, once I found out that uh, Stoops was going to be coaching – it didn't matter where out in the country it was because, you know, that last Sugar Bowl against Auburn, you didn't know that was going to be his last game. And it's just like it was the off season and just kind of shocking. Oh, he's done. And uh, to get to see him roaming up and down the sidelines in the visor one more time, I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, so with some of these players opting out to go to the draft, some uh, very – very big name players. Uh, what do you yeah. think do you, that does for the team? Do you think that that slows us down? Do you think we just pick up right where we left off? Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? I don't think there's any way it doesn't slow us down a little bit. I mean, those are some stud guys. But you know, as much as we want to criticize Alex Grinch's defense this year, he did rotate a ton of guys through. And you know, there's a lot of players that are going to be active for the Alamo Bowl that have playing experience and it's going to be a younger younger defense but you know i i don't think we're going to be you know tip top form but they're going to be good they're going to play well and uh it's not like we're going to put some guy out there that hasn't had any you know division one reps yet so yeah yeah obviously uh benito being out after he just got his what third team all ncaa ap (laughs) I was waiting for that. So, how do you like Benito going third team All American, but can't even make first first team all, or first team Big Twelve? I was like, oh, is that not some bias for us going to the SEC or what? I just really feel like the the Big Twelve has a, such a chip on their shoulder for what happened, and they're trying to pay it back in many ways that I don't agree with. Uh, but... Okay, we we just got to get through one more year of eleven a.m. kickoffs. And terrible PI calls, and then <laughs> we're in the premier conference of college football. Uh, you know, I I think that everything OU's been doing, obviously setting themselves up to have success, no matter where they're at. Big Twelve, SEC, it's not going to matter. Everyone in the Big Twelve says how much they've owned the SEC, and now they're they're wishing OU bad riddance. Uh, and I think that OU's just going to have success and make them even more mad. So. Man, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, break it up if they just expand the Eastern Western divisions or or what the infrastructure of the expanded SEC looks like. But if it's a geographical break between SEC East and SEC West and we have to join that conference and start playing Missouri, Ole Miss, you know, LSU, A&M, Texas, you know, those teams don't scare me. I I'm I'd be nervous to play Alabama and Georgia every year, but we're not going to play them every year. No. And so, 
But even if you play one of them, and obviously in the SEC, if you lose to one of them, that that's not really going to hurt you. You can lose much. one, yeah. So if you play them, if you play them close, it's going to help you. It's that quality yeah. loss that OU didn't have when they were eight zero or nine zero this year. Yeah. The quality loss. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And then if you beat one of those teams, then you just know you you're in basically. Oh, so. you're a lock. Uh-huh. Now I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited for you and I to get to travel to some of those stadiums. I yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to go to an OU game in Tuscaloosa. That would be <laughs> awesome. It's gonna be wild. I'll have a good time down there. But yeah, I think you know with Levy's experience already in the SEC, um, Venables. What I think he's gonna do for this defense, it's they're not gonna miss a beat. Just it's they'll be yeah. fine. We'll be fine. Yep. We'll be fine. But, well, no. any other big news? Any other thoughts? Let's see what some of the other questions. I put the, the poll up on the Sooner Zone's Instagram the other day. Yeah, let's see what so We touched have. on new coaches and some a little bit of recruiting. I'm excited for Wednesday. I think that, you know, we'll get some of these that we've been, you know, catching a lot of smoke with the past few days. Yeah. I also think that, you know, the regular signing day, not the early one, is going to be huge for Oklahoma this year. Players like Kanak and other guys that are just kind of, hey, I'm going to take a deep breath and see what happens. Yeah. I think that could be very beneficial for OU because, you know, Venables has had a week. And so, right. right. I don't know. I think we have still have, definitely have the possibility of being a number six or seven recruiting class in the country we're at 12 right now and sounds like there's some more big names that are coming so mm-hmm. but yeah there's even a, been a lot of people on twitter today they're like i'm announcing my decision tomorrow or soon you know there's a lot that's going to come out yep. within the next couple of days yep well i don't know well uh what about no, climate? I, I think I saw climate change. <laughs> That's one of the yeah. things that someone wanted you to talk about. Oh, it's probably a Texas fan troll. <laughs> I always, I always get a couple. Now, my favorite DMs to get on the Sooner Zone Instagram, and sometimes I'm just a jerk, but it's like my bio says I'm a fan account. You know, it's it's obvious, but I will get these like middle school and underclassmen high school kids text me it is my dream to play for OU and I'm just like oh man they're sending me their huddle tapes and stuff like that (laughs) but uh do you ever just pretend that you're you're the coach uh there was one time there's this kid from Oklahoma City and I don't remember what he said but it was just so dumb I couldn't I couldn't help but mess with him a little bit I just said okay let me let me watch your film and so he sent me his huddle film and I mean, he was not good, but I was just, I was just gassing him up. I was like, oh man, you are the, you're the next big thing. I was like, uh, don't send this to any other, you know, recruiters. I, I want to keep you a secret. I was like, but I'm going to go ahead and make you a four-star commit. And so I, I look at his Instagram the next day and he's got it in his bio, four-star OU commit. And I was like, oh, I took this too far. Oh. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. But no, there's there's those guys out there, so but no, I love the OU love, I guess, so that's fun. I don't know. Yeah, I uh 
I think I'm out of Nash. Kind of caught up. I'm kind of waiting to see what happens over these next few days with the rest of this recruiting class. And uh, obviously the transfer portal, there's still a ton of people in there. And I can't imagine that OU seems undesirable for any of those guys. So I know, man. Uh, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk touch on was uh, arguably maybe one of the biggest game changers of the uh, new staff is the new strength and conditioning coach, Jerry Schmidt. Right, yeah, I forgot about him. I really didn't know, you know anything about him, um, and I didn't really understand the amount of disdain that uh, Sooner Nation had for Benny Wiley the past few years. But to get on Twitter and see the OU alumni, I mean, just coming out in droves, expressing their support for uh, Schmidt being back, I'm excited. And, you know, I I know I referenced this when we had our uh, kind of dry run at the podcast a week ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. But on Rivalry Week, I watched the Iron Bowl, and then Bedlam was right after that. And Auburn was 6-6 six and six this year, and I watched their defense terrorize Alabama. I mean, those guys, it, they looked incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I turn on Bedlam, and OU, I mean, they got some dogs. But those guys were so tiny compared to those big old Auburn SEC defensive guys. I'm excited to maybe get some get some guys, get some more meat on their bones. I mean, there's no reason that these D-linemen shouldn't be weighing 30, 40 pounds more than what they are right now. I mean, we got to get these guys big and ready for the new conference. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I think that we're right right on track with where we need to be. I think everything's looking good. Things are looking up for Sooner Nation. Yeah. I kept kept reading all the stories about uh, – the the punishments for being late to practice and stuff and dude i'm not even on the team and i was getting i was sweating a little bit i was like oh man this this is intimidating but uh no the next day i was at the gym and they were talking about if you were late for weight training or practice or something you had an hour on the stairmaster and i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do an hour on the stairmaster and in honor of schmitty you know coming back and i made it 15 minutes i think it was like 50 floors i was like this crap's hard. No, I don't I, care how in shape you think you are. The, a set of stairs will humble you quickly. An I hour mean, on the sentence, no, that that's insane. <laughs> that was alarming. I'm going to I'm gonna start spending a little more time on that thing. It was, uh, that was the real deal. But yeah. no, that's, it's all exciting. So yeah. I hope, it seems like the, the current players are excited, you know, after getting to meet the new guys. Yeah. Um, hope the recruits are. I'm really excited to go down to San Antonio and watch this squad play one more. I uh, I had mixed feelings. I was excited to watch Kayvon Thibodeau for Oregon. I mean, that dude was just so incredible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also glad he's not going to be chasing Caleb Williams around. So <laughs> I'm glad he opted out. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah. No, well, it'll be fun. I... That's all I've got. I think that over the next few days, we'll be able to collect a lot more information and have a lot more to talk about uh, next week. And yeah, definitely. Well, we will uh, let's sign off, and we'll figure out how to get this thing posted, and I want to try to watch the end of the Cardinals game. So hopefully Kyler's right. playing well. Okay, one. So.
So, all right. All right. Thanks, hey, guys. That's a wrap for the first episode of the Sooner Zone podcast. We out. We out.